1: It's a term we hear often in matters of love. Guard your hearts. We'll talk about a spiritual version next. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. Today, we find ourselves back in Proverbs, looking at chapter 4, verses 20 through 23. There's an admonition here that we would do well to heed, and that is to guard our hearts. But guard our hearts from what? Why? And more importantly, how? Well, these are the three questions we hope to answer for you today and tomorrow here on Times of Refreshing. So join us, won't you? Again, Proverbs 4, verses 20 through 23, with today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Once again, here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
2: The Bible to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to look at verses 4, I mean, chapter 4, verses 20 on down to 23. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 23. And I want to talk to you all, about being guardians of your hearts. Guardians of the heart. That is the title of my message. It says here in the book of Proverbs, and I've been studying this. It's just been awesome to study this book again. Uh, It's it's just really been fruitful. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says, my son, look at verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. It says, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Then he says in verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. He says, keep your heart with all diligence. The word keep there in the Hebrew is actually translated guard. It means to guard. It means to protect. It means to oversee. It means to watch over. It means to look after, to make sure when it comes to our heart that we maintain a posture of protection, not based out of of fear, but based out of, understanding knowing that this part of my being is the source from which my life and everything that I do in life is going to spring from so I have to be very very sensitive about it not out of fear but out of understanding this is a very sensitive part of my life and I have to make sure that I continue to guard it he says keep or guard your heart he says with all diligence we have to be diligent about it we have to make sure that we stay on top of it that we're constantly aware and we don't allow our hearts to get to get affected in a negative in a negative way the the heart and this is the reason why it's so important the heart is the seat of affections your heart is the seat of your affections your desires and emotions Your heart is the seat of your affections, your desires, your your emotions. And then according to scripture, I like this. We act out from that place. We act from that place. We act from the place of our heart. And that's why he says from this place springs the issues of life. Life springs forth from this place. It's a fountain that springs forth from this place in our innermost being, our hearts. And a lot of times when we think of hearts, we're, we're, we're thinking about our pump. But this isn't what God is referencing. There's a place in you, your innermost being. This is the seat of your emotions, your affections, your desires, and it's the place that we act from and this is why the bible speaks so much about the heart the heart the bible says is desperately wicked and who can know it the heart can be defiled the heart can be hard the heart can be discouraged It can be confused, and these are all things that I found when I was studying in the Bible and when it referenced the heart. These are just a little bit of the things that that can be a condition of the heart. It can be confused. The heart can be grieved. This is one of the reasons why David said, Create in me a clean heart and restore in me the right spirit. Because our hearts can be, like like, like I said, can be defiled. All of us need our hearts to be renewed, to be washed, to be cleansed, to be healed, to be delivered, to be set free. And all of us, we need God to come in and to create within us a clean heart. It's something that we should all pray. David prayed this prayer. It was his heart's desire. Lord, give me a clean heart create within me give me something new the bible says that god can give us a new heart that our innermost being could be so washed and renewed and and he can make it new and this is what we need because life will beat you down life has its ups and downs life has its issues we have stuff coming at us from all kinds of directions from people from the media from social media. I mean we're, we're in an information age where stuff can hit us. We hear about stuff. We hear what people said about us. When all kinds of things can come in and defile our hearts. And this is the reason why we have to be guarded. Or we have to keep our hearts with all diligence. We got to make sure that we don't allow our hearts to get defiled. Because we're living in a sinful age. Can I have an amen? Amen. And there's nothing worse than being around a person that you know that their heart is filled with bitterness and anger and resentment. And you get around them and their heart is just unforgiveness is overtaking them and they're suspicious of everyone. And they always, they're always always looking over their shoulder. That's why I say we don't guard our hearts based out of fear. We guard it based out of understanding that this is the place, this is what God is looking for us to do so that our heart remains pure. But people, when you, you watch them, they get bit Man, you get around a bitter person, it's like being around a rattlesnake. They're bitter. And it just comes out. And, and for us, we have to be individuals that are constantly monitoring this in our own lives. And then we're sensitive about what we're hearing with our ears. All of us here have to allow God to give us, to create within us a clean heart. To allow God to come in. And, and it's amazing. I say this often in this church. People say, well, God knows my heart. I say, yes, he does. That your heart needs to be renewed. He, He knows our hearts need to be changed. And this is why he comes in. and he's giving us words like this so that we can get our hearts changed. All of us need this. And we have to allow God to do it. We're going to talk about how we allow God to do this. But we have to allow God to do it. When God starts doing heart surgery, I'm telling you right now out of personal experience, it hurts. And one of the reasons why... It generally hurts more than anything else is because God reveals conditions of your heart that you didn't even know you had. And it's one thing to be able to sit outside to look from the outside into somebody and say, man, they they need help. It's another thing when God says, well, what about your heart? And God starts revealing characteristics of your heart that you did not even know were there that's when it becomes the aha moment and and in some ways it becomes painful it causes us to have to look ourselves in the mirror and say you're wrong your heart is wrong but god knew that when he picked you he knew that when jesus died on the cross He knew that when when you were going through all your issues and hiccups and hang ups and and we were just, you know, out there. He knew that we needed him and his help and his power and his mercy and his ability to cleanse us. Amen. And so it's not uh, we shouldn't look at ourselves with shame and despair. We should look at ourselves and say, thank you, God that you went far enough to reach down and grab me so that you can perfect me and not just me, but my heart. You can change my heart. How many grateful for that in this building right now? My goodness, I'm grateful for that, that God, that he wants to work on our hearts. That's a good thing, but it can be painful when we have to look ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, it's me, oh, Lord. I'm standing in the need of prayer. And Lord, would you do like David and create in me a clean heart? Would you do that for me, Lord? That's what I want. I want my innermost being, my the seat of my affections and desires and emotions. I want my actions to be clean. That it represents you and you will come in and do it. And this is what God wants to do. But one of the things that I've always been amazed of, in is amazed about is, is you know, the devil has been studying humanity <laughs> for a long time. Way before you and I came on the scenes. He knows all about this. He's crafty. He understands it clearly. And I'm going to show you here in the Scripture, the Bible says that the enemy is the father of lies. Go to John chapter 8. And this is is really what I wanted to to get to here this morning because we got to learn how to discern this and to fight it. Because not only... Do we have this condition of heart that needs to be healed and that God is going to constantly work on and cleanse us and create within us, you know, a clean heart. But we have to understand that the devil knows our heart's conditions and humanity's heart's conditions and he will play on that. But we're not in, ignorant of the enemy's schemes and devices, amen. And so what we want to do is be able to discern it. And Jesus was able to discern it. And this is one of the reasons why we need to make sure that we're guardians of the heart. He says here in verse 37 Jesus says here, John 8, verse 37, I know he's talking to, to those that are present. Listen what he says He says, I know that you are Abraham's descendants. But you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Jesus said, I speak what I have seen with my father and you do what you have seen with your father. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me a man who has told you the truth which i heard from god abraham did not do this you do the deeds of your father then they said to him we are not born of fornication we have one father god and jesus said to them if god were your father you would love me for i proceeded forth and came from god nor Have I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil. Mm, mm, mm. See, some of us couldn't walk with Jesus. (laughs) Some of us couldn't walk with Jesus. I love how when I read the Bible, how frank and straight to the point Jesus was. See, he's not trying to build, he's not trying to have a mega church. He's just trying to do the will of the Father. Can I have an amen? Amen. We've got this this softy stuff going on, and we need to just start. Look what Jesus tells them. Jesus would never do that. We'll turn to John chapter 8, verse 44, and you're going to watch Jesus tell people that they were of their father, the devil. Look what he says in verse 44. You are of your father, the devil. Now watch this. And the desires of of your father, you want to do. Underline that, saints. And the desires of your father, you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. For he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear Because you are not of God. Now this is important because obviously when Jesus walked through the streets of Jerusalem, the surrounding areas, he came preaching a message of truth. It was totally contrary to that which had been spoken. And in some ways he brought just more clarity to stuff that had been spoken. And he comes in the scene and this truth is making manifest the things of darkness. In essence, what he's doing is he's he's exposing a religious system that had been created by man through the addition of rules and laws and and, and everything else. And these individuals were resting solely in the fact that from a natural standpoint, they were seeds of Abraham, not understanding that what God is looking for is character, is the nature that reflects your descendant. It's the nature that reflects your descendant, not just the fact from a bloodline standpoint. And you see, Jesus says this very clearly. Yes, from a natural standpoint. But he, when he was looking at Abraham and what he did through Abraham through faith, it wasn't just from a natural standpoint that God was observing this. Who's going to model Abraham's character? Who's going to respond to me in faith? And this is what Jesus is getting to. And he's telling them, the real source of your acts are of the devil. They're not of God. And he's bringing this point home, and we see it very clearly here. And for us, we have to understand that if we call ourselves Christians, we should reflect him. He's working on all of us, saints, and we know that we're not we know that we're not perfect, but we should be and desire to be perfected. That we stay on the potter's will and we allow God's nature to become our nature and we begin to reflect them. And we allow God to cleanse our hearts the way that He's trying to cleanse our hearts. But we see here that yes, our hearts are in this condition, but the devil. One of his main tactics to get us off course in anything that we're doing in in life, his main tactic is to speak lies, to project lies, and to, from a desire standpoint, to share his desires with us. You know, I was sitting down and I was, you know, just kind of meditating on this message and God spoke this to me. From a personal standpoint, when you're by yourself or when you're hearing, God said this to me, everything you hear isn't true and everything you feel isn't real. Everything you hear isn't true and everything you feel isn't real. He spoke that to me because what happens is the devil is the father of lies. He will tell you and try to convince you to form a, a, a position in your heart or in your mind around a lie. And all of us have to be very, very sensitive about this so that, and we have to be watchful because we don't want our hearts to get overtaken by a lie. Because from that point, if we do, then our affections, our desires and our emotions start to lead us down a trail that isn't based on truth. It's based on the lie. It's not real. And, and this is, and, and, and I love what he said to me, everything you feel isn't real. You can feel somebody likes you does, or doesn't like you, but does that mean that it's real? Just because you feel it doesn't mean that it's real. It's the truth. And for all of us, we have to be very, very sensitive because the devil, like Jesus said, is the father of lies. He'll tell you somebody feels a certain way about you. And when you talk to them, you'll find out that they never even thought about that. Can I preach this this morning? They weren't even thinking about that. When I see brother such and such, she's going to be mad. Or when I see sister such and such, she's she not going to speak to me. And and the enemy, this is how he plays with humanity. He gets people, and because he, he knows the, the heart of people is bad and needs to be renewed. And he plays them this from an affection and emotion standpoint. I'm not saying that our emotions, all of our emotions aren't real. And I'm not saying that, but I am saying that, that your heart, until your heart is right, you won't feel right. Until our heart gets right, this is what I'm saying. We won't feel right. If our heart is discouraged and confused and grieved and hard and defiled, and we got all this baggage in our hearts, how can we properly assess a situation When our heart from which all life issues spring forth from, when it's defiled, God has to come in and cleanse our hearts so that we can properly see situations for what they really are, feel the ways that we should really feel, and then God can continue to form us and fashion us in such a way that we're a blessing in the midst of the earth because our heart has been created right. Amen? And this is what we want. But you see it happen all the time because the enemy is the father of lies. He'll sit back and he'll lie. And what he wants to do is get you and I to grab a hold of his suggestions. And then his desires. And this is what Jesus says. He says, and the desires of your father, you want to do his Desire, he wants his desire, the devil wants his desire to become your desire. I want them to leave this job. So I'm going to make it rough and I'm going to get one of my agents to go and get on their nerves. Because they're being a light around here and I don't like it. And so if I can just get this person to get on their nerves, I can convince them that. It's good for me to leave. And then they move out of position so I can continue to destroy these people's lives and there's no light. I want to get them to feel like this is the right thing to do. To feel like nobody likes them on the job. To feel like they're all alone and nobody cares. To feel like this is just a terrible job. To feel... They should just be paying me more to feel. And then we go through this whole process in our, can I preach this today? We start getting this and we get in this mode. And then the next thing you know, we're running from this place to this place and to that place and to that place. And then then before long, we look back and we say, well, where's God in all this? God said, I never told you to leave that place. But the devil's desire, you allowed it to become your desire, and then you moved. And we're going to get to the truth here, how we arrive at the truth. But this is what happens, and it's all based on a feeling. We have to learn that sometimes we're in a situation, and you may not feel good, but it is good. God's working on you.